challenges or the dramatic challenges in the story. So we're going to just strategically choose a specific moment or two to flip this trigger switch and create this emotional trigger in the audience. So there is no danger of overstimulating and having too many emotional triggers because we're using it very judiciously. All right, and I think that probably addresses my next question, which is about those speakers who we have all seen or experienced who appear to be manipulating our emotions so much so that when we see them again, they are quiver-lipped quiver and, and teary-eyed at the exact same spot they were the last three times we saw them tell that story, and it begins to feel um, inauthentic and like they're trying to manipulate us. So by having fewer of them, is that how we get around that you know, it's actually not the quantity of those moments. It's what you said about authenticity and congruence with the moment. Uh, and, yes, I have seen many speakers who get up and they do it poorly, and they're bad actors, and they're not filling the moment with the presence of actually feeling the truth of that moment again. An actor's challenge, and this is where I'm coming from, an actor's challenge is not to fake it, and play act, it's actually to get as close as possible to that true emotion. And so the only difference between the person who's getting up there and is manipulative is that they're inauthentic. The moment itself has the potential to be authentic, but they themselves are not because they're just going through the motions. In other words, it's canned. It's lacking spirit, authenticity, and truth. And in, in the work that I do based on method acting, You've got to get down to the absolute truth of that moment. You've got to re-experience it and be honest in that moment each and every time. And if you are honest and if you are present and if it's a true moment that happened to you and you get yourself connected to that moment each time, it's the authenticity of the replication of that moment that makes it non-manipulative because it flips that emotional trigger within the speaker, within the storyteller, therefore flipping the trigger switch and connecting emotionally with the audience member. So it has to do with presence and honesty and truth and not just going through the motion. Mm -hmm. And technique is what I think our, our guts pick up, that inauthenticity and feel, that's why we feel ripped off or manipulated. Right. Because we feel but, it's, it's a contrived... Right, if it's a contrivance. However, a story theater story is a scripted, memorized story. It's a theater piece. Just as when we see Jeannie Robertson or W. Mitchell or some of the most amazing storytellers that I've seen in NSA, if you see Mitchell, he's doing the same program over and over again, but he always shows up. And he's the dramatic king because he is able to be that present with the story each time. Now, he's a brilliant actor, but he shows up. He's authentic. Jeannie is the comedic version, and if you see her do a story, and she's actually told me, she said, I rehearsed like crazy to get exactly the right inflection, to get exactly the right move, so it's replicable. But the difference is we've got to be able to show up. You've got to be able to fill it. All right, well, that then helps me transition into the next part of the question, which is, Okay, we understand why it's important. We understand now some of the nuances of authentic um, creation of these emotional triggers versus manipulative. So how would we, our listeners, go about creating this, especially since some of our listeners are using more or, or telling more um, content-driven, um, you know, they have more content-driven applications than than a keynote motivational type of speaker? 
Well, all presentations uh, benefit from storytelling, obviously, because that's what our audiences want, and that's what all of us do all day long, even the people who have very, very technical subjects. I mean, one of my clients is Oracle, and they're, they're teaching software and database management, and they're bringing me in to help their trainers be able to tell stories so that the whole day isn't just this, you know, data dump all day and everybody's bored to tears. And so they're saying, come on, help us liven up our training. So it doesn't matter how technical the subject, it benefits from storytelling. Mm -hmm. Now, the story theater method in specific means we have to look at our content and ask ourselves, whether it's a keynote or a full-day training or a five-day training, where can I shift the energy? Where can I illustrate this content point by not talking about the widget, but by talking about the people who use the widget? Where can I show the application of this content, of this principle, of this technique that I'm teaching? So it doesn't matter whether it's sales or customer service or engineering, we use stories to elevate the content from merely a cerebral concept to a living, breathing example in a human being's application. And so that story stimulates the visual. We get to see someone using the application of our concept, idea, skill, or technique. We get to feel, due to the way the story is composed, the architecture of the story and the way that it's shown rather than told, that we get to feel ourselves in that story because that's a natural thing that happens in story. You feel yourself inside of it. And so it takes it from this cerebral concept into the application phase. And I believe no matter what your subject is, you've got to go back and forth between this is what it is and let me give you an example. This is what it is. Let me give you an example. And the examples are what makes it come alive. All right. And, and I know that part of your method is, as you said, to, to feel it in the moment, to go back and relive the experience. And I know part of acting training is learning how to separate yourself to some degree because some of the stories that we could tell are still emotionally um, triggers for us. And so how do we, how do we balance that? creating the emotional trigger in the audience but not allowing ourselves to get so triggered that we lose it on stage. Okay, well, here's the rule of thumb. You don't get to tell a story in front of an audience that you are reliving the experience. You don't have enough emotional distance from the story so that you are so emotionally triggered that you're reliving the experience. Mm -hmm. In other words, you're not healed. You don't have enough emotional distance. Mm -hmm. However, if I went to you, Rebecca, and said, you know, tell me about, you know, two or three of the most powerful moments in your life, you would probably find one from quite a while ago. It could have been 20 years ago. And you would say, that was an amazing moment for me. And if I worked with you, the emotion of that moment would come back up. You would, you would find that it's locked in the DNA of your body and your, your emotional body. And if I worked with you, it would show back up. Because, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've done this with over 600 people, and time after time after time, with my coaching and cajoling and giving them permission to go there, they find the emotion that is inherent in that moment. However, if it's been long enough ago and they processed it and learned the lesson and healed from it, the emotional trigger is manageable. And so we have a manageable release of emotion that is appropriate. 
Okay. It's and that's safe really... enough, but it's dangerous enough. Does that make sense? Yes, and I think that's really the key, the manageable piece. Yes, it's a manageable emotion. If an, I, I was in a play once where I was working with an actress in a, in, a, in a scene, and in the scene we were supposed to have a little argument and a little breakdown. Well, during the course of the run of the play, she started to lose it, literally lose it, and, and become the character that was in the play. This was a marathon dancing thing from the 20s. Well, on stage one night, she absolutely lost it, and she started wailing on the stage. And it's like, no, 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 no. That, you didn't, you're, not, you're not using your method acting here, darling. You're actually losing it in front of the audience, and we had to just walk off stage and the play continued. That's the inappropriate use because she couldn't separate acting from reality. Mm-hmm. So we have to have the dispassion and yet the connection to the story to be able to choose stories that are emotionally charged but we're also okay with it, you know. We can we can we can tell it and we can feel it, and it's delicious and gorgeous, and it heals us in the audience. But we don't lose it. Yeah, and I think that's the the challenge for most of us because we are not trained, except Max is, but I don't know who else. We're not trained as actors, and so to know where that balance is, that razor's edge, that keeps the emotion present, but we don't get uh, we don't get drawn into the the wrong side. Well, it is a challenge. It is a challenge, and, and it's hard to know on your own without a guide. I mean, I, I kind of feel like Max and I are like Sherpa guides for the emotional, <laughs> the emotional journey of your story. It's like you, people choose very powerful stories when they come to me, mm-hmm. amazingly powerful stories when they come to me. And they say, I want to do this story, but I just don't know how to do it. And they've always been afraid to do the story until they feel like i got a good guide. Mm. Like climbing Mount Everest without a good Sherpa. It's like, look, I'm not going unless the guy that I'm going to walk behind knows the path. And so that's why people come to a coach like Max or myself is they feel safe in our presence to go where they are scared to go but want to go. Well, and also we depend upon a guide to say, you know, I don't think that's safe to go that way. And and, and I've said th- that to many students. I've said, you're not ready to tell that story. Yes. Let's pick something else. You're-